finals how how sure. is that at the athletic for for jade to be like yo i'm taking this week off. it's i mean it's <laughs> it's just a pod yeah yeah i'm gonna take the next two weeks off and we're in the heart of the nba finals i'm just gonna be like yo guys i need a vacation yeah, yeah. now is the time i've been I waiting looked, for this but now looked, is when i choose yeah i looked and like look no one's gonna cry for me it's you know, it's more of a grind than it, it's not hard work. It's just a lot. Of, I looked. I was like, I've worked forty-two days in a row. <laughs> to do this shit. Yeah, like, man. And then I see like, I got, they're like, and Jade's not the only one. Someone else took the weekend off. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. Like, what is? You didn't know this was an option. Here? Yeah. You would have. Yeah, you you would have elected to do that if you knew. I'm so sick of talking. I've talked so much this week. So much. <laughs> I talked. Like I was on the, pr- I hosted the pregame show solo last night, and then I watched the game, and then I did the postgame show till like ten, and then I did a fucking radio hit because I'm an idiot. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, after the yeah, postgame show, had nothing of substance to say, and then I had to get up at fucking five thirty this morning, and I'm on the radio from seven to ten, and I'm just, I realized, I was like, I'm out of things to say about basketball. Yeah. I just like, I don't have anything left. Yeah, how much analysis can you really give? Uh, yeah. Finally, yeah. Repeating yourself over <laughs> yeah. and over and over just, again. I don't know, man. I just want to say, like, I don't know, man. Warriors are fucking good. Deal with it. Like, there's I just know, nothing man. we can do. <laughs> Sometimes they just put the the ball in the net, you know? Yeah. Yep. That, <laughs> Charlie, that was literally <laughs> my analysis for the last series. I was like, the Mavs have to make shots. That was all I had. Yeah. Just like, if they have to make shots, which Nearly. is so stupid and simple. You gotta drive to left. the net and uh, they should shoot at yeah, the net. Do, do the basketball things that are yeah. good and don't do the bad ones. Don't That's do what the they thing. should do. Yeah. Do what you're doing, but better. I'm out of shit to say. I really am. Yeah, exactly. and luckily, it's just the most important series of the of the oh, year coming yeah. up now. You're, you're just coming up on on when you're supposed to be at your best, and you're completely burned oh out. God. So that's good. And I got draft coverage starting this month, mm. and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. 
Wait, does this, because sports is your job, does it get to the point that you're like, wait a second, I don't like sports. I, I know <laughs> that like, luckily, so, I mean, I've, I guess I've technically been doing this since 2007. Oh yeah. Um, it's the only so life, you know. Yeah. We're coming up on, on, on 15 years now, uh, this summer, but uh, it's been like professional for like 13 years or 12 years, something like that. Um, I'm, I'm lucky enough. Like I still love basketball as much as I ever have. So I don't get tired of basketball. Um, I do get tired of like having the same conversations over and over about basketball, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to find new ways to talk about it. And that's why I've never really been like a, I'm going to say strong opinions and get people mad. I've never been that person. Um, but I've really pivoted to like, we should just have fun with this. Let's just make a bunch of jokes and like, be dicks about it and have fun because I, I'm just not going to get angry that someone made more shots than another person. That's not my, that's just, it's never been me. I'm just here for, I'm just here to make a bunch of dick jokes and like have fun. That's all I want to do about basketball. Yeah. So I've been able to keep that a little bit, but, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like, but I also like, I have realized that I, I have no more basketball fandom. Like I definitely gave that up like 10 years. Like I don't give a shit who wins. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I don't yeah. care. Ah. Any, yeah. There's certain, I guess there are certain fan bases I really dislike where I'm like, I don't want you to feel any joy, but like I'll <laughs> That's still I not fandom. That's anti-fandom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I guess I'm anti-fandom now at this point. I hope you don't have salt on your food kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I hope you have the blandest, blandest potatoes you've ever food. tasted. Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah, Darlene is yeah. a, a big Edmonton Oilers fan, Zach. And they, yeah. How could you not be? How could you not be? conference yeah. finals here. Uh, Connor McDavid? Yeah, Connor yeah. McDavid. Great job. Knowing hockey. Sports oh, you don't talk. watch? You don't know hockey at all? I know nothing about it. I, wow, I still don't understand why, why, you, why, why a blue line thing is, is not okay. A blue and I think line thing. Is offside. No, offsides are important because then they could just cherry pick. Zach, yeah. Zach what is Dude. icing? Dude. No, no, no. Dark. dark. I mean, Hold like, on. I don't, I don't look, I'm more of a cake than icing person. So I don't like a lot of icing or frosting <laughs> on a cake. I like a ratio about 80 to 90% cake and just a, just a small layer of, of icing. I I'm okay with it. Like if we're going to do like cake layer, icing layer, cake layer, and then a little bit of icing, I'm okay with that, but I don't like a lot of icing. <laughs> You're more so. of a fondant or a cream cheese man. Um, that's a great question. It's a great question. It probably depends on what the flavorings are. Um, I, I love a good cream cheese. You know, I do. I've I've become more of a cream cheeseman uh, in my day as I've gotten older. As I've hit this hit hit this old age. My mom makes a nice an icing out of sour cream, which is what? if you really Whoa. want to live dangerously, it's incredible. What the fuck it's does sour that even cream mean? and chocolate. That's more of a potato yeah. dressing. <laughs> Back to potatoes, baby. Back to potatoes. <laughs> All right, Darlene, um, what is icing? <laughs> what is icing? Kate, this is a fair question. It's really hard. Also, Zach, I don't know if that was just a complete tangent on icing or if you did know he was referring to hockey. Both what? I'm pleased with. Oh, because oh, they play on icing. <laughs> yes, well, he didn't know. He didn't know. Oh, hell yeah. That was wonderful. Oh, God, we got into cream cheese. Okay, so if it's... It can't Queso. be... You can't. <laughs> Queso. Look, there's, look, there's not... There's not a lot of conversations I have that don't get into cream cheese, okay? Yeah, it doesn't matter what the subject that is. is. Keep talking long, long enough. Back. Every yeah. NBA radio <laughs> segment ends in cream cheese. That's how it works. 
Oh my god, I'm gonna do a bad job at this, but if you are killing a penalty, you can clear the puck any way you want, but mm. if it's five on five and you clear the puck from your end um, across all three lines into their end zone, that's icing, and then you have to do a face-off in your end that zone. That was a beautiful explanation, Darlene. That was you think? Perfect. There are three Zach, lines? Zach, what is killing a penalty? What does that mean? Um, look, at a certain point, the penalty is just not of use or it doesn't have a good quality of life anymore. So, you know, yeah, some people it take down. it upstate, some people take it behind the barn, but you are going to have to put a bullet in the head of the penalty. <laughs> I guess there are chemicals you can euthanize a penalty, right? Like you can do that. Yeah, I mean, um, it sounds like you're more into executing a penalty. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you do, right? Also, like it's a penalty. Penalties are bad things. You know, it's true. Penalties are bad. Yeah. Bad Usually a punishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Darlene, what does it mean to kill a penalty? How did I get that wrong? A kill a penalty. Um, that is when you got a penalty. Your team got a penalty. So you're down a man and you protect the two minutes and don't get scored on. That's killing uh, a penalty. Is this like when I tear up the parking ticket? And just say, I'm not paying that? You is that killing say, a penalty? If, if I don't read it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, bold deniability. <laughs> bold deniability. Uh, no, but um, I like where you're heading. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a dismissive no that was. Like, Absolutely you, not. Like an idiot. <laughs> um, do what you're doing, but do it better <laughs> next time. Zach, what is a, a lot. clap bomb? Whoa. A what? A clap bomb. I don't know that I can talk about that in mixed company. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I, re- I recuse myself from this answer. Ooh, <laughs> recuse. I don't know Darlene one. well enough to, to have this conversation. I know. I've huh? never heard those words in succession before, so I don't even oh, know what okay. we're talking about. <laughs> uh, how, about, how about this one, Darlene? What is a slap shot? <laughs> oh, that I know. That's a Paul Newman movie. Yes. Hell yeah. File. Great job. Yeah. Do you just have like a list of terms and no, I'm, there? I'm going off the top. Terms? I'm trying to You're think. You're going of, off the top off of your the dome. dome. The most ridiculous hockey terms that I can come up with. But I actually know what they are. Yeah. Because yeah, slap shots where you like really rear back and like just let it fly, right? Yeah, yeah like a golf swing. Happy Remember Gilmore how style. Happy Gilmore, yeah, exactly. how Happy uh-huh. Gilmore got started in golf. Yeah. Because because there's there's several different ways to shoot, Zach. There's there's a wrist shot. There's what? a slap shot. They're all with There's the wrist, a backhand. Well, no, a slap shot. More wrist, more wrist slap than, shot is all shoulders. Otherwise. Yeah, it's more really? of a full body, like engage the core. Yeah, you gotta get slap the hips shot. in the slapper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you're on skates, so obviously that's a wrinkle that, that makes it a little bit tougher, but yeah. Wrist shot, you're like already in motion. You're like moving forward, and so in order to give it more momentum, you gotta like oh, you're just flick like your wrist. It, right? Yeah. yeah. But okay. hard. Oh, well, yeah, Horde. 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 Very horde. So, Zach, yeah. I do have some interesting news for you because uh, we, we, we as, as usual, have explored how the AMC app is literally trying to kill you. Oh, this fucking app. I swear <laughs> to God, they're waterboarding me with Walking Dead ads. Six in a row. It doesn't I'm just make trying sense. to catch up on the two episodes I missed. Six in a fucking row. The same app. Like, give me some AT&T. Give me something. That is not a show I don't give a shit about. This makes me want to watch it less. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) See here. It's killing me. 
I am so burnt out. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to escape for two hours. I'm going to watch this fucking show. I got episode six and seven. And then it's just like, here, here's someone named Alicia or Max (laughs) or something. I don't know. And I don't care. I don't want to see this zombie get its face sliced off one more time. I'm not interested. Not interested. Yeah, this is this is the rant I came here for. Eden, are you on your phone? Yes, I am. Since you're on your phone, I also have a phone. I don't know if you know that, Eden. I have a phone. What? You have a phone? What? what? Like a, That's crazy, dude. A like mobile oh telephone. Oh, my God. What the fuck? In 2022. Holy it's shit. nuts. And for me, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by... Big wireless providers. Oh, big wireless. If we've learned a single thing, is that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just fifteen bucks a month, I thought, "What's what? the catch?" Wait, you mean you mean? Yeah, there has to you, be a catch. You mean fifteen dollars every time you pick up your phone, right? I thought fifteen dollars Canadian. There's got to be yeah. something going on here. <laughs> this can't be right. But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There is no catch. I remember you saying you were going to have a long conversation with Mint Mobile, so that makes sense. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Wow. Oh, shit. Wow. I get better coverage. I get better service. I get clearer calls. I know you can't believe that, but when I talk on the you phone, sound so clear. I you sound, sound so clear right now. So yeah. much better. You don't you don't sound like you're in a submarine or anything like that. Or correct. in a tin can. Yeah. Or in a blender. No, it's crystal clear. <laughs> your heart's in a blender, not your cell phone. Tender heart in a blender. Mint Mobile gives you the <laughs> best rate, whether you're buying for one or a family. And at I mint, got real worried I didn't get that reference correctly. Families <laughs> real start at two lines. That's right. You don't what? need to have more than two people in your family. It can be you and your mom. <laughs> could it be, can uh, be. I mean, me and my dog. Right? Could I'll give Boogie a cell phone. Get get yeah. Boogie a phone. It's only fifteen bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can keep your existing plan with all your contacts. You don't have to be that guy. Yo, new number. Who dis? Who dis? New phone. Who dis? Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service. Just 15 bucks a month. In order to get this plan and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash ding. That's mintmobile.com. Dot com slash ding D-I-N-G. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ding. Sold. Eden, how's the haircut? <laughs> oh my God. It looks so good. It <laughs> looks so good. This is your first it haircut in when? So like since fall 2019. Good. Oh my gosh. Fall 2019. Yeah. So I've like trimmed it myself a little bit, like throughout the last three years because you know the pandemic but um oh my god getting it cut by professional like someone that knows what they're doing it is just a total game changer like i will send pictures in the group chat shortly oh my god like i'm so happy right now it's just like oh feels so good that's amazing if i don't get my hair cut for three months i look like a witch 
I, no, a I mean, witch. my hair was, was at a critical, it was in a critical state. It, it, was, <laughs> it was necessary. Like the last time I self-trimmed it was probably last December. And now it's just like, it was just at the length where it was too long for me to try to do anything with it myself. I'm just picturing so. Eden walking down the streets of New York, strutting like Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, just bouncing. She's so oh, light on her 100, feet. 100%. Yeah, my hair, like huge grin on my face right now. Like my hair is just like blowing in the wind. It's perfect. Like, oh my God. You're just doing like finger guns <laughs> at random people as you walk gotcha. by. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not, not even like walking down the sidewalk. I'm skipping. She's, like, she's Toby Maguire in Spider-Man yeah, 3. Yeah. Yeah. Emo Toby? <laughs> yeah, emo Toby, but she's happy. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. That's great to hear. I'm glad you're here, Eden, because this is a question that definitely need your help on. But oh, above average it. hash at hash HK wants to know advice on going out on a date with someone that doesn't drink. Uh, Get as drunk I'm, as possible. <laughs> they'll love it the my best advice for this is to find an activity like center the date around a like i don't know axe throwing is a big thing people love that shit and it's not for me but like you know like something <laughs> that like you know you're going to be going to do a thing like top golf or you, you know like Eden, you just throw out axe throwing as the first thing even though you don't like it I mean, you guys know I like violence in general, so okay. it's, it's like it's not for me. But like, I get the appeal. Like, I mean, I mean, because I mean, gun range probably not a great idea, you know. To how much? Axe, this is my question. I've never been to the axe throwing. Okay, so I don't know how that goes. Like, after you throw it once or twice, who gives a shit? Like, well, what? Is, was, like, see, Zach. The thing is, I think it's like. If you throw it a couple of times and you don't get to hit the center, like what is a competitive person going to do? They're going to keep throwing it until they can fucking hit the center, right? Sure, of course. But I'm talking about like in keeping a date. <laughs> like, hey, watch. Hey, I'm struggling. It's either I'm so good at this, watch this, and then that gets old. Or, hey, I'm struggling at this. I've got to stay around until I get it right. Yeah. And then it's like that gets, that gets old. Keeping the date going for like an hour of axe throwing. Seems yeah, I mean, plan, plan more than one activity, but okay. um, and I guess I, I always mean, see like, people I always see, around. Activity. Yeah, I always see people like like drinking beers and stuff or drinking at at those things, which cannot be good at a combination no, by the way, throwing combo. axes and drinking. But then if the person doesn't drink, yeah, I just axe throwing does not appeal to me as a as an. Yeah, activity. it's not. No, I agree, Zach. It feels like fifteen minutes max, and then like you know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm getting bored. It also may just minutes. be me getting sick of this Walking Dead promo that I've watched so many times that I'm just like I'm done with taxes. Just, just like traumatized, it's like yes. PTSD from the from the app. Yeah, normally throwing an axe at a zombie would be like a perk. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, but for sure. Zach's is burned out. He can't. Yeah, I'm just deal done with that it. right now. I mean, I, I, I view this kind of like going out on a date with someone that's vegan, in the sense yeah. that. If if they're if they don't drink, that's fine. But if they have problems with other people drinking, that's where it starts to get more questionable. I guess is like, am I yeah. not allowed I to, to figure out behave yeah. normally or like I normally would? Do I have to right. do everything on their terms? That's yeah, because the like I know people, like I have friends that don't 
well, really just one friend that doesn't drink who like, honestly, I didn't even know she didn't drink for like the first like three times I hung out with her in like group settings where we were eating and drinking because she's just like, she doesn't like make a statement out of it and she doesn't care when people drink around her. So it's like, I definitely think there's some gauging to do about like, you know, if, if you think that they're a judgy non-drinker or just like a chill non-drinker. Right. Yeah. Like I had a friend who, you know, had to stop drinking for health reasons and he had a policy when he would host a thing at his apartment. Like, you know, at first it was like, don't drink in front of me. And then it was like, bring your own. I'm not going to supply it, but don't leave it. Right. Like that's, that would be rude. So like that, that's totally fine with me. I think you can just proceed normally, but if it's like, (laughs) I can't even see the stuff, no one can have it while I'm around. That's, that's where it's like, okay, then yeah, you need to plan a three part activity date. Like Eden's describing that's all sober and probably like during daytime hours. (laughs) I love the idea of like we can only yeah, go on like, dates during was, the daytime because you don't drink. No, I yep. would also like <laughs> ask them. I would like yeah. ask them what they want to do, like because like I also feel like you kind of if you're the person that doesn't like drink or doesn't smoke or doesn't like typical things that people do on especially first dates, then like you should also have input, like suggest something that mm, flip it you know? on them, yeah, flip yeah, them, yeah. Lame you run dude. the show, babe. Not like, you know, it doesn't have to be like that, but just like, you know, kind of like, I don't know. Is there anything you want to do? Like, I love the idea of calling someone babe on the first date as well. That yes. just really yeah. jumpstarts. Yeah, babe. <laughs> it really initiates. You know, hey, babe. Hey, babe. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I'd be like, if someone asked, I'd be like, I don't know. You want to go shoot around? Like, you know, that, that could be a first date for me. Eden's just going to take someone to <laughs> the low block. Yeah. Put her a drop yeah. step on. Put her in the torture like, chamber. Like don't don't feel bad when I'm out there hitting nine of ten free throws though, and you like I don't know I'm just whatever <laughs> you get the point. Yeah, I mean I I I don't think that you necessarily and like I said if they're not the type of non-drinker who is going to make you feel bad about drinking, I don't think you really need to adjust yourself that much. Just don't get obnoxiously drunk. And I think you should be okay. Like you can go to dinner and have some wine or you can, you know. But I feel like if they are not drinking because they had a problem, this probably not going to work out. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like you have to kind of gauge the situation, like get more context. It's like, is it just like, you know, you don't want to, but it's like, if it's like, you know, my dad was an alcoholic, like, you know, PTSD, then like, you know, that changes things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then at that point, I think you just show up with a water bottle where you've removed the water mm. and you've replaced it with vodka. So you treat it like a sporting <laughs> event. Yeah. Yeah. Or and you get one of those like, like wow, you're really funny when you drink water. And you're like, I don't know. You're boring as shit when you're not hydrated. They're like, they're like, I'm thirsty. Could I get some of that? You're like, uh-uh. No, uh, I don't think no, so. Yeah. We're not there in the relationship. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel comfortable COVID. sharing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can blame COVID for that one. I think you could get yeah. away with that. Yeah. As you kiss later on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fine line to walk where you Whoa, have to... Whoa, kissing, kissing on a first date? What? 
You say, I don't know. I haven't been on one in so long. You call him babe. <laughs> you take him to a low block and you make out. He didn't, you know. Eden, I've found that it typically you get that first kiss after the sex on a date, but that's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. Me. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Now, now I know what to expect. Sex Sorry, I'm kissing. a romantic. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So then, confidence man at typed in whatever our guy Jerry. What's the biggest animal you think you could take in a fight? I could take an older bear cub on, like a teenage equivalent of a bear cub. I don't think you could. And then shout out to Mystical. He played, he sent a clip of Mystical bragging about being able to fight a bear. (laughs) Sure. Sometimes when I'm surfing, I'm like totally confident that, yeah, I'm ready. Like if a shark came, I'm, I'm ready. Like I could punch it in the nose. And then Uh you see that these pro surfers have gotten like their leg gone or their arm gone. And it's like, it's so fast. <laughs> yeah. So fast. Like when I'm a dolphin came up beside me and I was like, ah, I'm like lost my mind. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'd be dead for sure. Yeah. Never mind. I, uh, I, I was walking boogie the other night. And as we were, we were making our way back home. Um, I saw a coyote in the street and I, and like, it wasn't a full, it wasn't a full grown coyote, but it was fairly good size, like definitely bigger than boogie. And I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do here? Like, I don't know if Boogie's going to start barking at it. I don't know if this thing's going to see Boogie as food. Do I have to fight this coyote? And I realized I was like, okay, I could I could beat up this coyote if I need to. I could get him away. Um, but and then I did start wondering, like, what is the size of the coyote where I'd be like, oh, fuck this. I don't think I could handle this. And maybe, like, I don't like, think coyotes become as big as, like, a dire wolf or anything like that. But I, I don't think I want to try to <laughs> test anything bigger than a coyote. <laughs> Would like a mountain that, lion? Okay. A mountain lion would murder me in a yeah, second. A mountain lion would fuck you up. Are, are, do coyotes are like solitary, right? Or do they run in packs? No, I. I this was weird. So I, I've seen coyotes in LA before, but I typically see like two or three at a time. Okay, and yeah. so this would, to, at least to me, maybe I'm wrong about this, but in my experience seeing them, this was the first one I saw by itself, which then made yeah. me think like, this one's excommunicado. Like, right. what I, happened to this coyote to make him the lone wolf here? Yeah, yeah. I've he, only seen coyotes himself. alone. Really? Because yeah. I was thinking, like, I could probably take a, a lone coyote. Yeah. But if it's two to <laughs> three pack? coyotes, yeah. I don't know. That's probably I'm probably getting worked. That would be maybe my coyotes guess. are just networking here, so they're always in packs. You know, because it's L.A. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Trying to get ahead. Trying to get ahead, build that yeah. network. Yeah, I feel like they're small enough that you could scare them away. Especially you, Maze. You could just stand yeah, up. You're tall. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I, if I if I was dealing with a um, if I was dealing with the like some sort of large ape gorilla situation, I think my only move would be <laughs> I'm going to try to pretend I'm its child. And nice. get it to like instead of throwing me around and murdering me, see if it'll like rock me to sleep. Yeah, like, like I think I would start back, like sucking my thumb. Yeah. yeah, fetal position. Like I, I think that would be the thing if I was going up against something like just, that. Just cry, just br- burst into start tears. Start crying, yeah. yeah. And then it'll feel yeah. sympathy for you. Yeah, I get that. It's the biggest animal. Zach, do you think you could take an ostrich? Like in Dude, Where's My Car? Do you think you could have um, taken out an ostrich in that situation? Yeah, so I got, I got attacked by by an emu. Um, that's right. Oh yeah. In, uh, in Australia protecting my nieces. 
um, in, a, in one of those enclosed places and it, it came up and it was like running at her and I like put my hand in the way and it, it, it pecked the shit out of my hand. It really hurt. I think I could have beaten it up, but I also like if there are two or three of them, I think they're going to go get you. Yeah, those are yeah, big yeah. ass fucking birds. But I don't think they have the same level of teamwork as coyotes, like, I think, for example. I think that thing's got, I think an emu's got a glass jaw. An emu ostrich situation, it's got a glass, like I think I could. Well, there's a lot of cock neck it. to work with. Right? It is a lot of neck, but I feel like if you that's get your why, hands on the neck, you could probably do some damage to that. But I think, but I actually think that's a that's an advantage for them because they can still swing their head around uh, and hit you. Oh yeah, you know, come in like a wrecking ball. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I was gonna say like ostrich, large bird. I feel like I could probably hang with, but other than that, I don't know anything Wait, that's how like. How tall is an ostrich though? How tall fucking is an big. ostrich? I think, yeah. I think they're at least like seven feet tall. Yeah, That's like what I'm that. saying. Like, you can't even square up. But I'm like, just going for the neck, Eden. Okay. I'm That's going true. for the neck, and I'm trying to, to I'm throwing all yeah. my weight at the neck. I'm trying to take okay. it down. I feel like if I break its neck, like, I'm in business, right? Just go straight for the jugular. Or, with the, or their fucking toothpick legs. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm, Yo, yeah. Sweep the legs. Sweep the legs. Sweep the legs. Maybe just, like, yeah. stomp that knee, you know? Bring that th- like it's a lot of the or- the ostrich is a lot of torso. Yeah. So I feel like as long as I work like the the extremities here, I'm in business. But yeah, they are they are seven to nine feet tall. Yeah. But do you think like when you're sweeping the legs, Eden, that they're actually way stronger than they look, and they're just like tree trunks yes. in the ground, <laughs> and you have to break your shin? That's what I'm thinking. Or or if you it, sweep the like, leg and and they fall in the wrong direction and they like fall on you oh, or something yeah. like yeah. right now you have this nine foot bird <laughs> yeah. that could be bad. I bet those legs right. buckle in a weird direction too, so they would just That's like what, absolutely yep, exactly it's risky, it's risky. For sure. Yeah, I think what you have to do is you grab the neck and then much like a wrecking ball, you kind of swing your body up over so that now you're on them, mm. holding the neck like it's the cable of yeah. the wrecking ball, and yeah. you're just trying to choke them out from there. Yep. Which sounds so easy to do. Oh, super. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tall, you know, it's like a, it's like getting on a, like a fireman's pole. I feel like, right. You know, you can swing yourself up there or, or a stripper pole. Either one, you know, just off the cuff. You know? Eden, Eden, <laughs> yeah, what's the biggest animal you think you could take? Oh, I'm a wuss. Um, I don't even think I could take boogie. Yeah. He, he is super annoying. I mean, just that alone would be this dog once a day attacks me in his way. And it's always at the but least Boogie, opportune Boogie, time. Boogie would like bark. If he barked, I would just be like, ah, I would just scream and like run away and be like, you like, win, Boogie, you win. Well, you have to be careful because he, he sneaks up on you in a way where you think he's playing where he'll bring you a toy and you got to wrestle it. And then as you wrestle it away, he tries to hump your arm. And so mm. then once you get away and you throw it about, nice. the, about the second or third time you throw it, he just kind of sighs. He sits there and oh that's when, you God. know, he's about to attack you by like biting <laughs> your hands. And then at that point, it's it's just until he gets tired or sometimes oh I God. will grab him, put him in my lap and just hold him there until he just gives up until he gives up. Yeah. yeah. Submission. Like a cuddles. Yeah. yeah like, cuddles like, like the hug. Yeah. Yeah. The back hug. Yep. Sounds like he's, he's trying to, to trying to implement like your your fight strategy, Zach. Where it's just like you you escalate it to like a a sexual level and like try to make the other person uncomfortable. If he starts, you think like, my my fight strategy is to fuck somebody? Well, you've talked we've talked about how like uh like Mike Malloy, right? 
mm-hmm. like said that just try tries to you know oh to, to, <laughs> to, to use the word the horny fight. like yeah horny, for, horny a fight. for a yes. fight right <laughs> yeah so like that boogie boogie sounds like he's horny for a fight That's, yeah he i mean boogie's definitely horny for a fight yeah i i think you definitely do want to because of because of toxic masculinity and everything like i do think you want to make the person feel like this is going to be a sexual endeavor for you, not a fighting endeavor for yeah. you mm-hmm. and just make them uncomfortable to the point where they just tap out and they're like, I don't want to do this because they're so, Wait, are you talking, they're so worried about, about fighting homophobia. another guy. Yes. Oh, okay. Not a dog. No, not, no. not I'm not like, <laughs> Hey boogie, you're going to come get this. Like, no, like not that. <laughs> There's also like a dominance thing that people have suggested. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? Hump my dog before he can hump me. And then I establish I'm the alpha. Like that doesn't sound legal that's not a good idea but yeah no but there are people who have like been like you have to establish your dominance i'm like i'm not gonna do that don't you bite them in the ear isn't that how isn't that how you can't well you so you can grab them by their scruff um and like hold them up in the air i mean obviously the size of the dog matters but you can do that and it's supposed to it's supposed to trigger that when like the mom dog holds the the oh, puppies up by the scruff okay. so that yeah, it actually yeah. doesn't hurt them like some people will like freak out when they see it, but it actually doesn't hurt them to hold them by the scruff in yeah. the air yeah i scruff my cats all the time um yeah. and they they it's funny they kind of go like fetal position yeah almost like they just kind of like dangle and <laughs> like it's always the same but i like my one cat will often hop up on my desk and like try to roll around next to my my little microphone box here and i just too close to all the cables so i'll scruff her and i'll toss her but i think she likes it so then she'll come back back for more yeah and just keep playing and she thinks that we're playing some game i'm like no you know you don't get it like this is actually really (laughs) annoying i'm gonna need you to stop for a while that happens with boogie where he starts attacking me especially if i'm on the if i'm on the bed because i'll just kind of shove him away and he's like oh yeah now we're going oh it's on now yeah oh it's like that all right, we've got Emmanuel joining us. Manny, what's up, my man? How you doing? What's going on, guys? Glad to be here. What up? What up? What up? What up? What is the largest animal you think you could take in a fight, Manny? <laughs> largest animal I think I could take in a fight. Um, maybe uh, a Great Dane. Okay. Or a baby Ooh, cow. Interesting. Okay. That's a pretty large animal. A yeah. baby oh, cow. Yeah, they're pretty large, but like you know, I feel like I would have a fighting chance on like a baby bear or medium-sized bear. Yeah, yeah I mean, a baby, okay. like a cow, like because a cow is still just a fucking cow, right? Like it's not like it's a bull yeah, necessarily. Yeah, I, I think you could. I think you could fight a baby cow. I don't think that baby cow would be putting up a whole <laughs> lot of resistance. And, and horses are dangerous because they have that nasty Shawn Michaels kick. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, they'll give you some chin music. Cows don't have the same type of hoof situation that that a horse would give you. And a Great Dane is, yeah, Great Dane's about 100 to 120 pounds. Yeah, it, man, they're, the one thing is just if they get you in that bite, right. they'll crush your arm. But yeah, like I do think there is... Because much like we talked about with the emu or the ostrich, you wrap the, you wrap your arms around that neck and you just hop on, you know, hop on the back of that Great Dane yeah. and just try to put it to sleep. 
sleeper hold. Can you get a yeah. dog in a chokehold? I don't even know if that's allowed. No, I think a kangaroo would probably whoop your ass. Yeah, yeah. kangaroo. Fuck. Well, I've I've seen a video of a man fighting a kangaroo, so that's where my confidence lies from. I've had my arm grabbed by a kangaroo. That no. thing is fucking strong. Did you see some of those videos on the internet where they literally look like humans on the top? Like they have biceps yeah. and yes. like Oh yeah. Was, at the at the sanctuary where I where I <laughs> where I had to protect my nieces from this fucking emu. I, there were also like kangaroo, and so the kangaroos have become so used to being fed because you go there and you like feed them and stuff that they're very oh. aggressive in that. So they will just walk up to you and grab your arm or grab your hand, like where's the food? Like a human, I think. That's yes. A, like, is it and a it, five-fingered hand too? <laughs> and it is a it is a small like I'm talking about like, like a like a, I guess a medium-sized kangaroo, um, and it was like super strong, oh, God, like super photo. strong. <laughs> yeah, Manny, this this kangaroo is straight whooping your ass, dude. <laughs> and they've got hands, man. Like they throw hands. It has well, maybe the key isn't to win, but just maybe scared away, like just, the other guy did. Or do you want to you want to go twelve rounds with the kangaroo and just be you're like, you're not yeah. getting to twelve, man. This is nah. you got to knock that thing out in the first thirty seconds, or you're done. I mean, three rounds kang- max. The kangaroos can do that, like bounce on their tail, kick you thing, right? Yeah, if they're gonna fight dirty, like they they like use their <laughs> tail as like a like a springboard, and then they yeah, oh my god, yeah. Now this kangaroo would you don't want to get in a fight with a kangaroo? Yeah, yeah Zach, like like the kangaroo is making sure he's playing by your rules. Well, look, are we doing like <laughs> is this a like, street fight? Are we in the, the ring? Of like, Queens, are we, like <laughs> boxing match rules, or are we? It's you like, know, it's like the Jets and the Sharks. All right, no knives. Just chains and yeah, bats just, and just make sure bricks. that you've yeah. gone over that with them and that you guys have shook on it and you know maybe exchanged a bow beforehand. Are we too. circling each other and snapping like the beat it video as we get our <laughs> knives out? Like what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I think when you go down to Australia and fight a kangaroo, it's kind of on their their terms. It does feel like it's their terms. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to come. <laughs> they're going to come to L.A. and meet you <laughs> in an alley somewhere. <laughs> Uh, all right. So Eden, it's been, a, it's been a little while, but I do want to check in on Barry. Have you, have you tapped in on Barry lately? I, I have, how many episodes are out? Cause I've seen like the first three or four. I want to say it's been four. Okay. Then I'm only one behind. Okay. Like, so well, not that started. bad. Um, yeah, we're, oh, shit. We I almost are, got run over by a car. Yeah, I keep waiting um, for Eden to go. I'm walking in. <laughs> we hear um, that. We hear the sound of the of the crosswalk sign. We hear the sound I keep of trying to find horns. like a quieter street to walk down, and then it's like a construction zone or some shit. Sorry, guys. Um, so we're actually we're on episode five currently. Was last Sunday. Okay. But so yes, I have through three. I'm only through three. Yeah, but I like I like where it's going. I like that you know. He's somehow like accidentally fallen into an acting role. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's it's just like someone that's like failing their way to the top, you know? Like yeah, definitely. he has like a whole nother objective. So I kind of like I like where they're going with that because it's like this whole time he's been trying to get uh what's that guy's name? Gene? Yeah. Yeah. Gene a role, but he ends up just like I don't know. And like Sally just continues to be like the biggest tool ever. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Like she yeah, they've gone. The, they've gone uh, way more inside Hollywood. Hollywood this season, where it's like we've got we've got Barry and and Gene getting jobs and shows. We've got Sally with her own show. There's the there's a streaming network, 
<laughs> that's run by Elizabeth Perkins from Weeds and and Big. She's great. Um, and I'm trying to remember what the streaming network is called, but it's it's pretty great. Um, I th- I actually found myself kind of more invested in this season. Maybe it's just because it's been a while, so I don't remember exactly how I felt about like season yeah. two, for example. But I feel like they're yeah. really killing it well, this year. Well, I kind of like it in that it's like kind of a new angle for the show to go in. Like he still has his like existential like crisis thing, right. but it's like the first two seasons were very much like you know the assassin stuff and like the the gang stuff, mm-hmm. like the heroin and um. Which is still going on in the background, but like I feel like it's much more in the background. I don't know. Yeah, I like it more as like a secondary story, story than like a primary yeah. story. Yeah, and I I don't know. I've I've found it interesting just the whole dynamic of um, him interrupting Sally's like show, and it yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of exposing her for being a fraud a little oh, bit, it right? Absolutely, it and, absolutely is yes. in a way that's like to me that whole thing is is very fascinating. Just like the inner workings of what that show is becoming. I know that's not the purpose of this show, but like, I really, I'm really finding that fascinating as a storyline. Yeah. I think but that maybe it is the purpose of the show. Oh yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I think that they made Sally's storyline way more compelling in this season with, with giving her the show and all that. And yes. And like, there's, you know, the internet discourse is like, yeah, all those like, misogynistic dudes who hate Sally. It's like, you cannot tell me, like, I know men and women that do not like Sally. <laughs> like, she's supposed to be annoying. I was about to say, it is not, like, that is definitely how they have written her character on purpose. Like, there's no way that she's meant to be likable. And it's kind of like how we talked about uh, Yardley Smith in Maximum Overdrive, Zach. Like, the character is annoying, and yes. the fact that the character is so annoying means that the actress is doing a great job. Because they're Darkly conveying Smith? that effectively. Isn't that like a soap brand? <laughs> You're thinking of Irish Spring. <laughs> no, I swear to God, there's a Yardley, there's a Yardley thinking, soap th- brand. You're thinking of Hawthorne. <laughs> Dove care for men. Yardley You're thinking of soap? Herbal Essence. Oh, you're right. You're right. Dove, dove care for men is funny. <laughs> Eden, you were just in London, so it makes sense that you're quoting British soaps that we've never fucking heard of here. Wait, is it? Is it Yardley and Smith? It's Yardley London. Oh, so okay, okay, I'll, okay. I'll give you your respect because Yardley is not exactly a common name, but okay. Yardley Smith was the voice of Lisa Simpson on the on the Simpsons. And mm. She's an actor who has not worked a whole ton in live action, but she's been getting those Simpsons checks for. 30 plus years so good for you her you think they got royalties from that i feel like they wouldn't have known they're just still doing it that's all mm. i mean oh i see yeah it's, it's like a pretty yeah, co- i was gonna ask is it the same people that are voicing oh, yeah. the simpsons yeah sure, that is a pretty sweet gig no that for is sure such a sweet gig. Yeah. such a sweet gig <laughs> like yeah i mean and i think they all they all negotiate like the core six or whatever all negotiated for like better contract like because they're kind of locked in you know after 20 years yeah damn what a life but yeah i've been i've been really enjoying barry i think this season's been really good the fifth episode eden is really fucking good so i'm excited for you to to catch up and and watch that one um zach do you want to talk about saw a little bit since you suffered to 
to get to this point. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it took me nine hours to watch two Since episodes on this 45 minutes of Walking Dead that is trying to actively get people to not watch their programming that they've spent all this money on or trying to get accolades. For your consideration, AMC, make a fucking app that works if you want to get an Emmy. How about that? Zach, I got some bad news for you. Jade said he what? got a Roku and the ads <laughs> weren't on it. I'm not getting a Roku. I've got enough devices, okay? It's not hard to make an app that works. The NBA app works better than the AMC app. That's how bad it is. I'm done Wait, with this. Wait, Zach, you can't watch like with an ad blocker or something? Not on Apple TV, no. Oh, yeah. I guess I watched it on my computer, but everyone's like, oh, how do you do that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm used to it, but... Yeah, I'm no, I'm trying, I'm trying to watch it on the TV and I just, I just, oh my God. But <laughs> the show itself, Lalo, oh my God. He's the he's best. A, he's like... Number one character for me all time TV is Frank Costanza. Yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. like Jerry Stiller is still number one. But Lalo he might be getting up there in terms of of approaching that that level for me. Like every scene he's in, he's just completely encompassing everything. He is everywhere. He saturates every every scene, but it's not in a way that is frustrating or or bad or takes away from anything. And so the end of I mean, my God, the end of of episode seven yep. was just yes it, it was like i am past a, a level of like being annoyed with this show taking its time i think that they this show takes its time better than any other show does anything like you could say that the first six episodes were slow but that was on purpose and then we get the seventh episode that just paid everything off, did everything amazingly. Like, it, there's so many things that tied together from the episode itself, from previous episodes. It was just a masterclass. But yes, Lalo, Tony Dalton specifically, like, he's got all the tools, Zach. He's, he's physically, like, powerful, right? Like, we've seen him yeah. do some wild physical stuff. Yeah. on this show and so like the beginning is him doing essentially a full body pull-up out of the sewer right right it's like oh who's this oh it's it's tony dalton it's lalo it's like what can we make him do let's have him do a full pull-up out of a sewage grate that's like barely his width across <laughs> and then his line reading like the way he he's he's funny he's charming and he's scary all at the same time. It's so hard to pull off. I don't. I really yeah. don't know how he does. And he's so yeah, good brilliant. looking too. Oh my god, <laughs> sex pot. He's super handsome. So yeah. yeah, like just just the way he had he had a couple line readings like clever chicken man. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's speaking in Spanish, and then he's like Werner Ziegler. Yeah, like real clear so that everybody can hear what he's talking about. Like he's just, he's on another level. They, they, uh, they put him in a weird role in the Hawkeye show in the MCU. Okay. And I I'm like, it. it doesn't matter. And I'm just like, they blew it. Like this, this guy could be a Marvel supervillain. Like he, like he, he's one of the actors who could, who should be given more opportunity to have like a higher platform and they burned him on some like pretty thankless character that may or may not return and it's like you guys kind of messed this one up like you should have saved him for something more substantial but i yeah he he deserves 
pretty much do whatever he wants. And like, I would watch a Lalo spinoff, like young oh, Lalo absolutely. with him oh my God. Yeah. in a second. <laughs> um, any other, what did you think of, of Howard Zach in this last um, episode? Oh, man, I, I, I love the way, I don't know the actor's name, but Patrick um, Fabian, Patrick Fabian, like I, the way that he has handled the mind fucking. Yeah. From, from Saul and, and from, from Kim, like that actor has been fantastic in this role. Mm -hmm. And he was always just super weird to me. And then, and then as they kind of peel back, like the personal life problems going on, and then he's Mm -hmm. dealing with all this stuff and he's dealing with like this, this subterfuge of, of what they're trying to get, you know, get this revenge on him and everything. Like, I just thought, I thought like the way that actor has, has handled everything, especially this, this season, like it's just spectacular. Like that. It, I mean, it's it's crazy how I don't really think like I, I think one of like um not not the not the henchman who who's not the black henchman for um, yeah the the other guy Victor who, the, yeah the guy that where he he cuts his throat in in Breaking Bad that yeah. guy like that's the only guy where I'm like ah, this is kind of a weak performance right 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 <laughs> everybody else is like throughout this entire show has just been incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, don't know Pat- if that's Patrick- writing off the. I don't know how much of that is the casting. These actors are good. But I don't know what that is, it's but it's every, just like it's man, like they bring man. it. It's yeah. like it's incredible writing, and then yeah, like Patrick Fabian, you know, who has been bought in to every season of this show, but always kind of playing a one-dimensional guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They gave him to peel back late. They gave him full like shading and definition in this season, and it worked out super well like i yeah i mean there's a there's fun stories from behind the scenes zach like uh bob odenkirk ray seahorn who plays kim and patrick fabian all lived in a house together for this final season like just you know like in albuquerque just chilling like they're all super close they go on hikes together they're like doing (laughs) character where it's so cute you know it's just like this this albuquerque film production situation that they have is just so like tight knit. I love it. That's why I can't be an actor. I'm not doing the roommate thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, Zach could just have his own massive trailer. Yeah. Like offset, you know, nobody goes in there (laughs) until like 9am. No, no early wake up calls for Zach. No, no makeup, no multiple, multiple takes. It's just like, Mm -hmm. let's, let's just roll it. Clint Eastwood style. But yeah, I mean, mid-season finale, we got a month and a half to recover, and then the final drag should be real impactful. But I, I love what they're doing. Not too many spoilers. Manny, Manny, what are you watching right now, my man? Uh, Saul. Saul as well. I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah. I've been watching it on YouTube TV, as well as all of my NBA basketball. Um, but there's an initial ad. Uh, before you start the episode, but other than that, I've been, it's been pretty smooth sailing for me in terms of watching. So you're living a but it has been, life, I do have sir. a Roku TV. No, no, no. It's it's just the AMC app on the Roku. That's really the thing. Okay. But yeah, let me let me get um, some thoughts. I really enjoyed. Think? Yeah, I really enjoyed the beat season finale. Um, in terms of a lot of people saying that. The show is slow. I, I just enjoy every second. So it's one of those shows where there there's not really any bad parts in the episode. 
Um, I really yeah. like the setup for the the judge that uh, Kim and Saul came up with because in episode episode six, I there was really no intricate details as to what they were doing. So you know they have this old actor, and then they have to kind of call audible at the end because the the real judge has an arm cast. And I remember watching it for the first time. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really worried because I know it would obviously be revealed. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, because um, I wouldn't say they're similar, but I find the, I find Lalo's character likable um, to when Walt kind of fully embraced the Heisenberg role in Breaking Bad. Um, and I just thought if, you know, if you saw any contrast between the two characters. Yeah. I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like when, when Walt is really like kind of gleeful about like being, being cruel and being like a real head honcho bad guy with the hat and everything. I mean, I think the thing about Lalo is, is that it's not an act. I think that's just who this dude is. Whereas I think Walt was kind of exaggerating his personality or like leaning in a bit more maybe but what, what, tell me a little bit more about like where you see the comparison well it was just so fun to watch because lalo's this likable macho man but when he flips that switch you know he's so serious um and when walt kind of fully embraces that heisenberg role he becomes a murderer um, when he kills those drug dealers for jesse um, uh-huh. jesse was trying to get revenge on them and then there's just certain scenes when they move on from Gus. Um, Walt and Mike's relationship is, is kind of funny because, um, you know, Mike will lay out the blueprint for how things will go. And then Walt is just like, no, this is how it's going to, this is how it's going to go. And this is why. Um, so it was just kind of funny comparing them when they kind of turned that switch. And I'd agree with you that Walt was way more exaggerated and, he kind of used the name of Heisenberg to, you know, kind of boost, you know, his inner, you know, confidence or whatever. But in terms of the the switch that they flip, you know, becoming murderers just like that was something that I thought comparable. Um, on the book club, you guys brought up how you know, the theme of family and Breaking Bad and mm-hmm. the, the different relationships that the characters have with their family. And it got me also thinking about Gus um, and how we evaluate him with his lack of family. And, and and Gus always has always seemed to be the most balanced character to me just because he's always a level-headed guy. Um, and Better Call Saul is probably one of the few times where we you know see him rattled and just kind of falling off. So I thought it was interesting uh, when you look at a lot of the characters and the relationships with their family. Uh, Gus is kind of an outlier in that aspect. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got <laughs> like his motivation is really just revenge, which is what Breaking Bad taught us, right? Like the the cartel did him wrong, and he's lived his whole life trying to trying to get back, but like the the drive for perfection and precision and you know that that's the part that's like i don't necessarily feel like they've established where that that motivation comes from he's just he's just that way he's just compulsive and like 
very, very rigid. Like that is his thing. But yes, this season, this season has been about Gus wavering before he becomes the Gus that we know for good. And it's like Lalo is this one last hurdle for him to overcome before he hits like his supremacy. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like they've almost connected all the dots between Saul and Breaking Bad. Like, I don't really think that there's that much left to explore. Like, Lalo showing up here, I think, establishes all of the fear that he, that Saul is going to have of Lalo when he thinks he's going to get killed in his introduction in Breaking Bad, right? Like, he doesn't know that Nacho's gone. He knows that Lalo is very dangerous, and he doesn't know what happens to Lalo. So it's those three things. And it's... If you could make a guess, how much damage or carnage you think Lalo causes before he eventually is out of the picture? I mean, he can't do that much. And that's the thing. It's like they've, you know, they've turned him into this... (laughs) Anton Chigurh type care like he's he's devastating he's an unstoppable force so Gus is gonna have to lay a pretty solid trap here and we know that Victor Tyrus Mike and Gus survive so he's just gonna kill all the henchmen you know he could kill as and many henchmen as he to wants be- Everything has to go down in laundromat, as they've alluded that's, to before. Yes, that's where Gus it's going to end yeah. for sure, because Gus planted the gun there, so he's gonna he's gonna use that gun to kill Lalo probably in the super lab. But how we get to that point, you know, I'm sure they're gonna do a great job. Like you said, you weren't totally sure how the heist or the you know the the, the trap on Howard was gonna work. Um, I've I pretty much figured it all out. Except for, you know, the, the last second reshoots. I love that that panicked, like, hustled, we got to do this now thing. I thought that was a great, you know, one last job moment from the beginning of the, the mid-season finale. But, like, it, the, the, the plan went, the plan and execution went exactly how they were expecting. And then it, you know, what, what they weren't expecting was the aftermath, which is what, elevated the stakes of everything and you know i think sent the the show like that was really like the 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 finale of the whole episode is propelling us into what saul becomes like that was the end like their little they spent all season all seven episodes planning this scheme and now that's done and like there's no connection to their previous selves anymore. Like it's going to be all new stuff, which I, which I thought was really well done. From my breaking bad rewatch, the Saul that we know right now, the Saul or the Jimmy that's kind of conforming to Saul and then breaking bad, the hundred percent Saul all the time makes him so unlikable at times. Um, just because he just embraces that full sleazy lawyer role. Um, yeah. I like how they revealed how, um, because when I did the Breaking Bad rewatch, it didn't make 
sense to me how much connections Saul had in terms of aiding Walt and Jesse in the meth business. <clears throat> because prior to uh, the vet announcing his retirement, a lot of the connections and a lot of the higher jobs that uh, Jimmy gets in Better Call Saul is through Mike. So I like how they introduced how yeah. Saul gets his hands on, you know, all these contacts to where in Breaking Bad, um, any guy is a call away. Yeah, that was genius. The The veterinarian's little black book, the coded book. I love that. And he was, of course, a character that doesn't exist in Breaking Bad. So that was, of course, really well done as well. I mean, they're just so smart, man. It's just the smartest show. But uh, is there anything else you've been watching, Manny, you want to talk about? I jumped into Curb for the first time. I just jumped into season six. Um, I figured that it was. Why did you start in season six? So I never really liked starting things from the beginning, um, especially if they start slow. Um, And I figured Curb was one of those shows to where I could just jump in anywhere. And the only thing I'd be missing was jokes. Um, And Curb does a good job of referencing actual episodes later on down the line. Um, so I, I will go back and watch seasons one through five, but my introduction to Curb was the uh, dinner party to where you show up to a party the day after thinking yep. that the party is that day. Yep. Yeah. That's um, a classic. And, and I mean, I just, I just, I just, I just finished rewatching the whole thing, Manny, because my girlfriend had never seen it. So we, we crushed through all all of the Curb. But yes, I remember that season. This is so amazing. Um, I feel like I... I understand Jay way more as a person just oh, from yeah. watching Curb. And <laughs> yes. Um, so I loved it. Um, it, was, it was pretty, pretty sad because um, I just ran right through it in season 12. Uh, you know, seeing Vince Vaughn and then not yeah. seeing Marty anymore. I was pretty troubled by the news mm-hmm. of the actor that plays Marty had passed away because he was my favorite character. Yeah, no, Bob Einstein, he's fantastic. I mean, Vin- Vince Vaughn came in and did a really good job. Like, I, amazing. <laughs> I think he fits seamlessly. Like, that's that's the thing when you watch all of the seasons is there's there's like the the people who have been there from day one, right? It's Jeff, it's Susie, and it's Cheryl, and then I mean Ted Danson pretty early on, but like. The people who come to play and it's like, oh, yes, this makes total sense. Like you fit right in. Like you've been here the whole time. Like you get it. And like it was a pretty heavy solid influence on the show, too. Um, the actor that plays Jimmy's older brother, Charles. Oh, yeah. Michael McKean. Yeah, Michael McKean shows yep. up. There was there was another. Brian Cranston had Brian a cameo is as the a psychiatrist of some yeah. sort as well. Yeah. And he, he advises him to, to get the clock to look at and wants to get a more comfortable chair. Yeah. I mean, there's the, there's the people who make the, the one episode appearance. There's the people who have a, like a season arc. And then there's the people who just like, once they show up there, you can't get rid of them. Like Leon, you literally can't get him out of your house. Like he moves into the guest Amazing. house and he's yeah, just there. They, they're introduced in season six. So that was just a perfect chef's gift. And Leon's just been the best ever since then. Um, I wanted to get your opinion did the seasons, I don't know if I, they probably did it more than once, but they were, I think it might have been season seven or eight. Uh, are, are you a fan of the show in the show? Um, in Curb, there's... The Seinfeld reunion? Where, exactly, yeah. I, I, I am. I, I, I wasn't really it. big 
on it. Um, I, I just, I'm just never really big on the show into a show concept. That, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I was a little bit hesitant on Barry uh-huh. um, as well. But it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite part of the show. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I definitely like it with Larry because I like seeing Larry on set, and I right. like I like the meta angle of like how did this writer producer how does he make shit it's always exaggerated right like it's never like how they actually would do it but i i do appreciate that peek behind the curtain i thought it was really good on barry as well like i really like the the tracking shot of sally as she's you know dealing with everybody and and then goes right into a take like i i think it's fun i i could see how it could wear on you over time like I don't. I like did watch Seinfeld, so I don't have thing. that nostalgic appreciation of it. Um, but I, I did like the second time he does. He does it again with um, the young Larry. In the last two seasons with the young Larry. Exactly. Yeah, and with the Maria Sophia angle, I really like that um, because you know it's, it's, it's just a season long objective where he's trying to uh, build to solve a problem while also dealing with the show and the show aspect. Yeah, and you know the the thing with the prop master and the different the different young Larrys and all the problems they present, like the the Jew for Jesus, and then the one guy who claimed to have been sexually assaulted, but by it was by a hot Italian actress. Yeah, like I, I thought I thought all that it's a good way for him to come up with more plot lines, right? Because it is something that he has experience with is like annoying shit on set, like the whole thing with like roping off the seat. You know how how silly that was. Like, oh, you know, they started talking. They pulled a Tony Medley. They started talking about all these old actors who roped once, and then they were never <laughs> treated well ever they again. Just like, completely black ball. Yeah. <laughs> like I like I like that. I mean, it, I I see what you're saying. Like, I guess it can get a little like smug in some ways, but I I think it is just a a fun way especially for curb to to get a different angle on it but i but think I'm, i think what larry did for me this time was kind of the side objective you know the first time around with the seinfeld reunion the the main kind of side objective was just him trying to get Cheryl back and then right um and then you kind of had you know some weird stuff going on with him and alex i think his name was um so i really like the side objective in terms of this time around with the Maria Sophia angle because it, it, it's, it's opened up so many avenues because because of Maria Sophia, Larry has had to you know date Irma and, right know, with Irma trying to rip the defense wall and it's, it's just been layers layers and layers that that they just continue kept peeling uh, that made it so interesting yeah that's exactly right like it's all there's always a, a hidden agenda but the thing I did like about the Seinfeld reunion season was seeing how much of Kramer was also Larry, which I don't think I knew like when I watched Seinfeld for the first time. You know, I thought like I always heard that Costanza was supposed to be Larry and there's obviously a lot of Larry plot lines that end up as Costanza. But then when you see that he's like this particularly zany situation that's more of a kramer situation it's like oh larry is kramer too (laughs) you know which is pretty wild to think about but yeah i mean next next up if you want to understand jade for good manny is to is to binge seinfeld that's uh that should be next on your list 
because that's the OG shit. Because then you just get Jade complaining that he's recycling plots from Seinfeld into Curb. So that's that's I the Jade code there. But yeah, man. I mean, it's a crazy crowded time for television. But I'm trying to hang in there. There's a there's a lot to talk about, but. I'm going to wrap this episode of the mailbag up to Jade in Disney World, to Eden Liu getting her hair cut. We got Darlene, got Zach Harper, got Emmanuel Adetunji, but I'm Anthony Mays, and we'll see you next time on the mailbag. I practice every day to find some clever lines to say to make the meaning come true. But then I think I'll wait until the evening gets later. have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 
our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.